Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Badly Branded Podcast. I'm your host, Viola Marie, and we're just going to be hoping for the best today for several reasons. Um, one being that this is yet another episode that I did not script in advance, so it's kind of just off the cuff. Uh, number two uh, would be that two days ago, uh, or maybe three, my dog Brutus, my big Doberman, was scared of a thunderstorm, knocked into the table, which then knocked into my coffee and spilled coffee all over my MacBook. Um, so uh, that was not ideal for work. My company luckily sent me a new computer, but I can only use that one for work purposes. So I tried to dry out my MacBook and I am attempting to record on it, not knowing if it's going to work and uh, not knowing if the computer is going to die on me at any given second since there's coffee probably within the innards of the laptop. So, you know, luckily I got the laptop situation straightened out for work. Don't know how this old girl is going to fare given coffee gate. So we shall see. The third reason um, that today's episode might not go quite that well is it's 82 degrees and sunny in Pittsburgh in September, which is kind of rare, although less rare in recent years. And therefore, my whole neighborhood decided to all cut the grass after work today, right when I am slated to record. So hopefully you all can't hear the chorus or rather maybe the symphony, if you want to call it that, of lawnmowers outside. It is what it is. Um, if you hear like a weed whacker or a mower in the background, just ignore, you know, embrace it. Embrace it as like an ambient sound, you know, some background noise, if you will. Um, I've seen brown noise and green noise trending on Instagram as of late. Um, I guess they are kind of cousins of white noise, if you will. Um, so, you know, just view the lawnmowers, my pets, all of that is kind of brown noise in the background. Maybe it'll help. I don't know any of you that have migraines or ADHD or whatever. So that all being said, let's dive into today's episode. I don't think it's going to be a long one, but every time I say that it ends up being super lengthy. So, you know, we'll see. Um, first thing I want to talk about, I need to give major, major kudos to my husband, Mike, who this weekend completed a full Ironman in Maryland. Um, now an Ironman, for those of you who don't know, um, is one of the toughest, if not the most difficult, um, one day athletic um, competition in the world, basically. Um, and the Ironman is a triathlon. For those of you who don't know that, it's a swim, a bike, and a run. So the swim for this one was 2.4 miles, followed immediately by a 112-mile bike ride. Let me repeat that. A 2.4-mile swim followed back-to-back -back by a 112-mile bike ride. 
And guess what? That is followed immediately by a full marathon running 26.2 miles. And this is all consecutive. You might get anywhere from a 10 to a 15 minute break in between each event while you're transitioning, you know, meaning you're changing your clothes, you're changing your shoes, you're getting out of your gear, you're getting whatever equipment and nutrition you need, maybe grabbing a snack, some water, using the restroom, and then go. So it's literally 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, 26.2 mile run, all in a row, basically without stopping. And my husband had never done one before. He did several smaller triathlons. He did a half Ironman in Virginia this year. But his goal was to complete an Ironman the year he turned 40 years old. So he started training a couple years ago, at which time he could not swim. I mean, he could doggy paddle. He wasn't going to drown in a swimming pool, right? Like he could tread water. He could swim on a very basic level for like survival, but he didn't know how to swim properly, like distances, duration, taking breaths, proper form, all of that. And when he first started, you know, he barely could swim across the whole way across an Olympic length swimming pool. Like he would get like halfway. He had to have a swim coach. He basically had to learn to swim. And he made this checklist. And I was so impressed by this that not even two years ago, this checklist said, all right, he, here's the things I have to do to complete an Ironman. First two, learn to swim and buy a triathlon bike. Like that's how basic it was when he started and what a beginner he was. The experience he had was nil, right? So within this last couple of years, he quit his part-time job to train. Training for an Ironman is like having a job in and of, in and of itself. It's very intense, as you can imagine. The endurance and commitment and foresight and planning and just resilience, grit, determination, all of it that you have to have on top of the athletic ability and the physical skill is mind-blowing. The average person cannot even dream of doing this, right? Um, so I'm just so proud of him in case you can't tell. Um, and I'm genuinely so happy for him. And it was so exciting to get to be there supporting him and witnessing it. And his goal was to complete it in under 13 hours. 13 hours or less was his goal. He was aiming for about 13. He ended up finishing in about, I think it was 12 hours and 37 minutes. So a little over 12 and a half hours. So he was under his time. He met his goal. And I think that's so impressive for the first time he's ever attempted this. And I think anyone that attempts an Ironman deserves kudos and props and high fives and pats on the back because definitely not an easy feat. I can't imagine doing any one of the components by itself, let alone the swim, the bike and the run all together back to back like that in one day. Like just amazing, just absolutely amazing and so inspiring. And it was just a cool experience. I mean, a lot of logistics on my part as a spectator too. I wanted to be his cheerleader and I wanted to be a supportive wife. So I walked like nine miles that day myself, just trying to be in the right places at the right time along the course. So I could even catch a glimpse of him to cheer him on just for a couple seconds at a time here and there. Um, and so I was, was really glad to be able to do that and to see him cross the finish line. Definitely there were tears. I mean, I, I teared up. I cried. He didn't 
not because he didn't have emotions about it because he did, but he said he was just so like he sweated so much that day. He just sweat out any like there were no tears to be formed right in his body. Um, But he was proud of himself, too, which made me happy. And to see the joy on his face when he finished the Ironman is something I will never forget. And I'm just so happy I got to see that and be a part of it. And um, so happy and proud and all of that. So I wanted to share that. Um, Not that most of you really necessarily care, um, but some of you do. And um, I think that once people hear what all an Ironman entails, um, it becomes more impressive and more of interest. Because like a lot of people, when you say, oh, my husband's doing an Ironman, they may not know what that means. Um, When he was on American Ninja Warrior, most people knew what that TV show was. And so even though in many ways the Ironman is a lot more impressive than that, I think like Ninja Warrior was more like a wow factor for a lot of people. Um, because a lot of people just don't know what Iron Man is, or they think Iron Man is the same as like a Tough Mudder or a Spartan Race, which are don't get me wrong, those are also awesome and amazing athletic accomplishments. It's just not the same thing. Um, I also have heard people kind of confuse an Iron Man competition with Strongman, um, and he's done little Strongman competitions at his former gym, um, more like kettlebell focused things, but. Yeah, strongman and Ironman, not the same thing either. Um, so once people hear that it's like, you know, almost a two and a half mile swim and a 112 mile bike ride, uh, and that number fluctuates. Sometimes it's like 110, sometimes it's 115, 119, depends on the course. And then a full marathon, like people can't fathom that, you know? Uh, and a lot of people can't even conceptualize how far even just a marathon is, you know? Um, I can barely even run a mile. Like a full marathon is wild to me. And don't get me started on people who do ultra marathons. Like I can't wrap my head around running like a hundred miles in a day. That's wild also. So anyone that challenges themselves in this way, hats off to you and giving you all the praise and all the props and all the validation and kudos because good for you. Like I can't imagine. I mean, I had tears in my eyes crossing the finish line for a 5k that I like jogged and walked. I certainly didn't run it. It was like a walk jog situation. And, um, granted it was, you know, not that long after my knee replacement. So being able to do that after a total knee replacement brought tears to my eyes. Um, and that was just a 5k and I was like practically in last place. So (laughs) being able to do something magnified by a gazillion like an Ironman. I can't imagine the joy and relief and pride that they feel crossing the finish line. It's so emotional for them and it's so emotional for those of us who are watching and just congrats to everyone who takes on any type of athletic goal like that and sets your mind to it and commits and makes it happen and makes it a reality because I think that's so cool. And um, not everyone's able to do that physically either, right? Like I have physical limitations and some invisible disabilities that would prevent me from doing some of these things. And so I want to make sure I mention that I'm aware of that as well. Like uh, I'm, you know, aware that not everyone is even able to take on these kind of feats, but for those who are like, good for you, you know, and congrats. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit 
um, and give a plug, you know, to, you know, that Bush is one of my favorite bands. Actually, they are my favorite band. Um, uh, you know, um, definitely my top artists and, and bands that I follow and, uh, I'm a big fan of. So, uh, Bush came out with a new song on Friday. It is called heavy as the ocean. Uh, I highly, 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 strongly recommend listening to it. Um, I liked more than machines, which was another track off their upcoming album, but heavy as the ocean is so different. It's like heavy. The music's heavy, right? And it's more like hard rock. But then the lyrics have a softness to them. And there's like a melody. And it's kind of like sweet and kind of on the romantic side. And just the dichotomy there, the push and pull, the juxtaposition, um, it's interesting. And it's rare that I say a song is interesting. Um, You know, a lot of songs are good. But this one's actually interesting. Just the just the arrangement. Like, I don't know. It's, it's not what you would expect. Um, and it's definitely more on the original side. So I would say take a listen. Um, you know, it's, it's not like anything else I can think of right now, um, in terms of, uh, comps, but you know, if you're into rock music of any kind, I would say, give it a try. And even if you're not, why not give it a try? Try something new. Expand your musical horizons. Um, so definitely check out that. It's called Heavy as the Ocean by Bush. Their other new song is called More Than Machines by Bush. Um, they have an album coming up, uh, coming out on October 7th called The Art of Survival. So check that out as well. If you want, you can listen to um, Badly Branded's sister podcast called Deconstructing Bush where I analyze song lyrics um, on a very nerdy English major literary type level. If that's your cup of tea, go take a listen. Um, aside from that, I have a couple of things I want to chat about, but not a lot. Um, one is this, like just an observation. You know, the Queen of England passed away. We had a whole episode about it. Um, and I don't know how much all of you follow the royal family. But there's been some, shall we say, accusations or insinuations of racism and things like that uh, going on within the family. And uh, most of this has been, as of late, directed towards Meghan Markle. When I say as of late, I mean in recent years, since Meghan Markle kind of came into the picture. Um, And there's a lot of hatred and vitriol directed at Meghan Markle, both from the royal family and from um, people in England, people in the UK. A lot of people don't like her. Um, And I think it's because they believe she was a bad influence on Prince Harry. My point of view is that Prince Harry is one of the only authentic, genuine members of that family, one of the only real ones, one of the only ones with his own mind. And I think that he and Meghan are well-matched for one another and that she helped him uh, remove himself from a toxic family situation, you know, and every family has the potential for toxicity, royal family or not, famous or not. And if being amongst the royals wasn't good for Harry's mental health, then 
by all means, he needs to do what's right for him. And if people were attacking his wife and saying racist things about his uh, children, then good for him for protecting his family and like siding with his wife and kids. I have always had a soft spot for Prince Harry. He's my favorite. I am somewhat of an amateur kind of mini royal watcher. Uh, I'm not like hardcore royal watcher, but I do, uh, shall we say, dabble in it. I loved Princess Diana. I am into all the Princess Di documentaries and books and conspiracy theories. And I just love like the theatrics and the fashion and the traditions of all of it, even though obviously there are some historical problems with the monarchy, which I address in a different episode. So I am into that to an extent. Um, Prince Harry has always been my favorite. Um, when Kate Middleton first came on the scene, I liked her a lot. Um, mostly from a kind of like fashion and celebrity perspective. But Harry, I just have always thought is cool, you know, and funny and cute and all of that. Um, so that all being said, I think what I saw with the funeral for the queen that was really unfair was that Meghan Markle did nothing. I mean, she minded her business. She stayed poised. She was quietly in the background following protocol, you know, for the most part. I don't, I don't know. Um, she looked fabulous. She looked absolutely beautiful. Her fashion game was on point. And yet she still got just attacked by the press, criticized by the public, trolled by people on social media, kind of just bashed in the media. I just don't get it. She did nothing wrong at the funeral. And she did what was expected of her. And I heard she was even having a private one-on-one -on -one meeting with King Charles, who I can stand. Um, but, like, she didn't have to do that. And she's she's doing that, taking that meeting with him, as awkward as it will likely be. And she's still getting all this hatred and all this mud slung her away. And I just don't think it's fair. And I do think... It has to do with a few things, one of which I'm just going to call it out, is racism. The other, uh, I believe, is because she is an American. And then the third reason I think there's a bit of classism there, right? Like she is an actress from California. She's not in British upper crust society. She's not a royal. She doesn't have a title. You know, um, and her being an, an American, I'm sure, is problematic to them as well. Um, and not just an American, but American who is a black woman. So I'm kind of disgusted by all of the hate and the anti-Meghan Markle stuff I see online. You don't have to like her. But, like, I feel that some of that behavior is just not cool given the context of it. The last thing I wanted to mention was this whole scandal going on with Adam Levine. So for those of you who don't know, Adam Levine is the lead singer of Maroon 5, and he is also a judge or was a judge on The Voice on NBC. Um, personally, 
I don't really watch The Voice and I would not consider myself a Maroon 5 fan. I think they're a little overrated and, you know, they're definitely more pop than rock. But that being said, he is, for all intents and purposes, a rock star. And so my question is this, like, why in 2022 are we as a society still surprised when we hear that a rock star or an actor or a pro athlete is cheating on their significant other? Like, I just don't understand why it is consuming every single headline. And I don't really get how anyone is genuinely surprised by this. I'm not condoning it, not in any way. Like, I'm not saying that cheating is okay, but it's also like, what do you expect? It's no longer a surprise when these things happen in Hollywood. And I do feel bad for his wife, Bahati Prinsloo, who is or was, I believe, a Victoria's Secret model. Like... Obviously, I have sympathy for her, but I just don't quite get why as a society there's still this level of pearl clutching and faux outrage about this when truly, even though it's wrong, it should not be surprising to anyone. Um, And I think if anyone is surprised, I just, are you really like, are you really surprised or are you just disappointed because you see Adam Levine on The Voice and you like him and you think him and Blake Shelton are funny together? I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not saying he's like a bad guy. I mean, I have no opinion on him either way. I don't care about, you know, his marriage or his social life in any capacity. Um, but like come on. I would be more surprised if I found out Adam Levine did not have a side piece. You know what I'm saying? Um, So I'm certainly not saying it's right, but I'm just saying I'm not surprised. I'm actually surprised that anyone is surprised to find out that, you know, an aging rock star is having an affair or two. You know, um, but I do feel for her. And um, one other thing I would add about it all is it's really none of our business. Um, you know, what's going on in someone's marriage. Um, I don't know the reasons that the original model that he allegedly cheated with, why she shared those private DMs and text messages. I, I don't really know the whole story as to what provoked that. Um, I don't necessarily agree that she did that, but it's also like, what do you expect when you're a star and you're in this, you know, industry and every move you make is under a microscope and every move you make is scrutinized to think that you're going to just get away with something like that feels kind of naive to me. And I don't want to say he's getting what he deserves, but at the same time, I say this about a lot of things. It's like, what do you expect? What did he expect when he's cheating with multiple women? What do we expect? You know, a lot of celebrities cheat, especially a lot of male celebrities. That's not me being, you know, sexist against men. It's just a fact. 
And also, here's the thing. According to blind items and, you know, people I've spoken with that are in the know, um, a lot of people in Hollywood have open marriages and open relationships. And I'm not saying they do, but I'm not saying they don't. Um, of course, Bahati Prinsloo is going to say she's upset. And of course, you know, he's going to be apologetic. And maybe she is genuinely upset that it happened. Or maybe she's upset that he embarrassed her in public and that he got caught. Because from what I have learned and heard and all of this is that there's a lot of people in Hollywood who are either in open relationships or they're in PR relationships. And when one of them gets caught cheating or slips up or whatever, it's not so much about the act as it is about the public humiliation and the fact they got caught and made the other person look like an idiot. So who knows the reasons Bahati's upset? It could be any combination. Um, you know, I would assume she's upset just as his wife, um, as any wife would be. But at the same time, we don't know, you know, if they had any type of agreement or there was any aspect of their marriage that was open or, you know, who knows? We don't know. And the things they do and say in public could be very different from the things they do and say in private. Um, now, Adam Levine has denied the affair um, with this Instagram model who the wild part of this story, so her name was Sumner Stroh or Sumner Straw. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Basically, she shared a DM that Adam Levine messaged her, and this is while his wife, Bahati Prinzu, is pregnant. And he messages this Instagram model who he allegedly had an affair with, Sumner Straw, and asks her if they can name their baby Sumner. Let that sink in for a second. Now that's trash. If he cheated on his wife, especially if his wife is pregnant, and then he's going to the mistress and saying that he's going to name the baby after her, like that's messed up towards both the wife and the mistress. So a part of me is like, no wonder this girl like shared their private conversations. At any rate, uh, allegedly more women have come forward too. So it wasn't just this Sumner chick. There allegedly were other um, women who came forward with allegations that Adam Levine was sexting them or DMing them in a way that was flirtatious or um, salacious or whatever. You know, I don't know what is true and what's not true. My only point with all of it was like, are you ever surprised when a male celebrity cheats? Because I'm not. In fact, I'd be hard-pressed to think of a male celebrity that I would be surprised to find out cheated on their significant other. There's like, there's no one that comes to mind. Now, in real life, there's people that are not famous that I would be shocked and surprised to hear that about. But in terms of like Hollywood, nothing really surprises me. And I got to admit, some of the Adam Levine like charm 
it's lost on me. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, do I think him and Blake Shelton were charming and funny together as a pair on The Voice? Yes. The times I have watched that show, I do think they were funny together, that their banter was funny. Is Adam Levine attractive? Well, obviously. But like, I don't know. I feel like Maroon 5 is overrated. I, you know, don't view him as some saint. I just, I don't, I don't know why everyone is so, so, so surprised. I think whenever someone goes on The Voice, that America, especially like Midwest, Midwestern America, like views them as these wholesome people and like these perfect people. They're so wholesome. They're on like this family music competition show on a mainstream network and whatever. But like, come on. We we have no idea what these people do behind closed doors. And again, even though I don't really look at Maroon 5 and think they're like this killer rock band, like they are a rock band. They're pop rock. He is a rock star. Maybe it's cliche, but a rock star that's like now in his 40s cheating on his wife to me that is not like breaking news right it's rather cliche so you know it's disappointing maybe to some fans but if you think it's surprising I don't know maybe check yourself a little bit (laughs) Um, no shade I just I don't I don't understand that anyone could be that taken aback by this that's all I have for you today As usual, the episode went a little longer than I anticipated, Um, but here we are. So uh, I don't really have a Britney update. Um, There's some people saying that recent videos of her look like she has bruises on her. And there's people saying that she has these dance videos that are saying she's in Maui, but really it's this other facility that somehow is affiliated with that Lou Taylor lady, allegedly. I don't know what is true out of all of that. If you don't know who Lou Taylor is, Google her. Google her and then put Britney Spears next to it so you can get the whole rundown, but it's wild. So I don't know. You know, a part of me thinks Britney's fine and she's safe and she's happy and she's healthy and she's enjoying life. And then a part of me, though, is worried about her because she posts these things that are sometimes cryptic. One of them was about like a ghost being murdered and dying and like some of her posts seem quite dark and she's crying like practically having a a meltdown on camera while she's dancing and you know the the one thing uh posts a picture of a, a girl that's a ghost and it says I feel like she's a ghost who was murdered trying to cross over to the real world have no idea what it's about but it sounds good to me well that obviously concerned a lot of people because you know if you look at it from the perspective of symbolism or allegory or metaphors, a ghost who was murdered trying to cross over to the real world. Well, Brittany has said she felt like a ghost or felt like not even alive when she was trapped in the conservatorship. Crossing over to the real world, that might be her freedom and living her life on her own without the conservatorship. Um, Is she in danger? Is she, is she, a danger to herself? Is she endangered by others? Like, I don't know if I like that. And when she says it sounded good to me, does she mean that her theory sounds good? Like, oh, I think, 
yeah, that's my theory. I like it. I'm standing by it. It makes sense. Or does she mean that, you know, being a ghost and a ghost being murdered sounds good? Because I don't know if I like that approach, especially coupled with her crying on camera and these alleged bruises all over her. I just don't know. And a friend of mine asked me recently, like, what I thought of all the Britney stuff. And I'll be honest, some days I try to just believe everything is okay. And I want to believe everything's okay. And I want to believe, again, that she's safe and healthy healthy and happy and well. Um, But at the same time, there's a large part of me that worries about her. And I totally wouldn't be surprised if something happened to her within this next year or so. Like, I just get really bad vibes from some of her posts and some of the things going on around her. And I had a really awful premonition type feeling when I was watching um, like a Princess Diana documentary that Brittany might meet an equally unhappy fate. And I was so freaked out by it. I told my husband. And then about a few days after that, I saw a blind item posted um, on NT's crazy days and nights site and this was friday uh, september 16th 2022 and it says the following blind item number six i know everyone who is a fan of the permanent a-list singer wants everyone who ruined her life thrown in jail that's not going to happen there will never be any criminal prosecutions the best that can happen is no one will want to do business with the former business manager i.e lou taylor but that hasn't happened so far it's going to be a financial sentiment settlement of pennies on the dollar. And then here's the part where it gets dark. It says, what everyone needs to follow track is whether the kids are completely disinherited and then a tragic late night car accident or accidental overdose of her prescription meds, leaving everything to her husband. That's a disturbing and sad blind item. And I just hope it's not true or that at least all aspects of it are not true. So I was going to wrap up and then I actually forgot about that um, stuff about Brittany. So I guess I did have a Brittany update after all. Uh, Anyway, now I actually am done and I hope all of you have a great day. We'll see you next time.